0: Welcome to the TA Disruptors podcast. Talent acquisition is changing faster than it ever has before. Those TA leaders who thrive and survive will be those who move quickly to future-proof their recruitment processes, and specifically those who adapt to these major shifts that are going on in the world of work caused by digitization and generative AI. I'm Robert Newry, CEO and co-founder of Arctic Shores, and today, I'm very excited to welcome a TA leader who has been at the forefront in how to deal with some of those changes, JLL's Global Talent Sourcing Director, Amanda Pleasant. JLL will be familiar to many of you, but those uh, who's not, it's a commercial real estate services company founded in the UK uh, and now with offices in over 80 countries, over $20 billion in annual revenue, and more than 100,000 employees. Uh, It's been an early adopter of AI and buying two AI businesses in the last couple of years. As director of global sourcing, Amanda oversees the growth and development of a global team of sources and manages the talent acquisition tech stack and strategy. She played a leading role in the company's shift towards a more tech enabled and marketing focused function and has been leading uh, a major drive to better source and attract diverse talent pools to fill approximately 30,000 roles a year. And part of our discussion will be interesting to see some of the challenges that uh, having to recruit and fill that many roles a year uh, causes uh, uh, you, but most importantly, how you keep yourself sane, I suppose, when you're dealing with with that that level of, of volume each year but you also have a BA in psychology, an increasingly useful qualification, I think, in the world of recruitment. So on that note, Amanda, welcome to the podcast. And why don't we kick off with the first question about why do you think it's so important to foster gen AI adoption within the TA function uh, of a company of, of your size and scale?
1: Yeah, well thank you. Um thank you so much for having me. Um so for us at JLL, we always want to be at the forefront of technology, right? We always want to be a leader in the space. And in my opinion, if you know competitors are, are using this technology and they're not, they're behind. Um generative AI is no longer a concept of the future. It's really it's it's here today, it's been here for a little bit, and it's not something that's going away. Um, So the faster that we embrace it, I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but in my opinion, the more productive we can be, the more we can learn to to work with it. Um, With anything new, there's always going to be that fear of the unknown. But the more that we just jump in and embrace it, the less scary it becomes. Um, Just waiting from it and pretending like it's not there is not going to help. So we really need to, in my opinion, start to view this more as an assistant that will help us automate the boring, the repetitive um, work tasks. And really give us time to focus again on the more strategic, the human side, Um, the mind challenging and stimulating work that we can do in talent acquisition or just in general that we can do as humans. Um, You know, with a background in psychology, I think, you know, we all kind of understand that humans really want to develop and grow. Um, Humans want work that has a meaning to it. We want to be challenged. And really without having those things, we start to lose our sense of purpose at work. So by, you know, again, treating this new AI as our assistant, we can really get back to focusing on the work that will give us a purpose again.
0: That's really interesting, and I, I think there's a you know number of different points that you you bring out there. Um, purpose, obviously, being such an important one, and in some ways, our our purpose uh, and our contribution into the workplace is, is being thrown into the air uh, with with the um adoption of of gen AI. In fact, Elon Musk only last week was saying, well, maybe none of us will have jobs uh, in in 20 years' time. I, I don't personally subscribe to that. I I I follow your train of thought on this, Amanda, that actually will there'll be different things that we need to um bring to play in the workplace from what we have done uh, in the past. But I think I'd just like to just explore a little bit more that that human element piece, because there is this, on the one hand, lots of people are saying generative AI is fantastic, because it's going to be able to automate lots of processes. And as you were saying, you'll be able to get more efficiencies uh, within talent acquisition. But there's also a danger that it makes the recruitment process less human, and more tech driven. How, How are you trying to work that sort of fine line between bringing in tech to, to 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 support largely sort of shrinking TA functions who are being asked to do more, while at the same time, trying to give a more human experience and a more human um, process in the way that we recruit
1: a lot of the team kind of, as you said, was afraid when we first started talking about this, that their role was going to be, you know, eliminated or what was going to happen. So again, if we just kind of ignore it, hopefully it will go away. Um, so we really wanted to put together training to show how important it is to um, incorporate it into certain parts of the recruitment process so that you can still have the human side of hiring. Um, but again, like I said, kind of odd Automate the repetitive tasks, right? Um, so, when I think about repetitive tasks that it could help with, it could be things like um, scheduling an interview um, so that we have more time to focus on actually conducting the interview. We have time to make it a better candidate experience, right? Because we'll have more time left to spend time talking to that candidate and telling them about the process. We'll have more time, um, you know, again, on the other side of that to spend with the hiring manager really form a strong relationship so that you're creating a better experience with the candidates. Um, so I think it is, it is again, just kind of understanding, w- you know, where do you cross the line with what should we automate and what should remain with the recruiters? Um, I think, again, when it comes to things like phone screening and having that live conversation, um, that should always be, you know, a human to human interaction. Um, I don't think it would be a very fun conversation to be talking mm-hmm. to a robot. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's, it's trying to draw that fine line of, you know, okay, let's use AI for something boring, like scheduling an interview, but let's not use it for something like having a conversation. Um, maybe we can use it as a first pass of reviewing a resume, um, but let's not use it to be the final deciding factor on if we move forward with this with this individual or not.
0: I think you're you're spot on with that and the this this is always the sort of difficult challenge uh, around this is to to how to get that that nuance right between um uh, freeing up the repetitive task but then also um doing it in a way that is fair and and then giving you some more time to to spend with the candidates and I I like your point about you know looking I suppose within the recruitment process for where are those repetitive tasks and um and then how how do you then sort of bring in some automation to that to then free up some time. And this this is always the thing I always think with with TA too which is oh you know get in bring in this tech and and it'd be interesting to to just explore a bit how you decide what to to bring in to to, and how you you work out what tech to bring in on these repetitive tasks, because I imagine you must be inundated with with people coming to you with requests of, oh, Amanda, here's this great piece of tech. It's going to save you all this time and allow you to to do all this stuff that you'd love to do um, on the promise that it actually will, as opposed to being sucked then into managing more tech. So um, would you be interesting to share how, how, how have you gone about that? Basically, you, I think you referred a little bit to some, some training uh, in this as well. But I think this is, this is often the big challenge for TA is, OK, everybody's promising a silver bullet and, you know, a, a utopia where you can spend all this time talking to stakeholders. But the reality is it's quite hard to get there. So how how if, how are you able to kind of bring in, how do you think about going in uh, uh, within your own process and looking for those repetitive tasks and being able to find ways that tech can actually free up that time that you're looking for? And if You've got any examples you could perhaps share with us?
1: Um, so our group, so the training that we put together at GOL, so we um, kind of just asked around the talent acquisition team, who is really interested in this? Who's excited about it? You know, not of course, not the ones who are, who are hiding a little bit. Who can help us be the cheerleaders of this to get everyone excited? And um, We put together a small global team. I think there were about five of us. Um, we were, again, sitting around the world, so it was really interesting to hear about, you know, different cultural perspectives on it as well. Mm-hmm. And then we broke down the recruitment process just really step by step. You know, what's the very first thing that a recruiter does once they receive, you know, the notification you've been assigned to work on this specific requisition? Um, so we broke it down step by step, and then we created a video series based on each step of the recruitment process that highlighted how you can use um, generative AI to help you throughout it. The very first video that we did was just a very basic, you know, what is AI? Yeah. And how, how can you use this? What does this do? Because I think, again, right now you hear AI automating you all these different words, and then people are like, how does this all fit together? What really? What are we really talking about? So video one was just a basic, what is AI? Um, where did this come from? What, what what is everyone talking about right now? Um, and then the second video went really into again, you know, kind of what I was just sharing the first step of the process. So your um, rec comes in. You have to set up a meeting with the hiring manager. How can you use this to make that process better? So, for example, for that one, it was um, use generative AI to look up a little bit more about the role so that when you go into that strategy meeting, the intake call with the hiring manager, you're you're already prepared, you know, you understand what the responsibilities are, you know what the role does on a day-to-day. Um, it can help you just gain some general market insights around, you know, what's going on in the world. Um, and then go to that meeting again so that you can spend the bulk of the meeting Rather than asking the hiring manager so many questions about what does the day to day look like, what will they be doing, what do they, what will they be responsible for, you can spend that time really forming a stronger relationship with the hiring manager, building that relationship so that they leave there feeling number one like they've established a great relationship with you, and then two, you're already a subject matter expert on that piece. Um, from there, then you know we go into okay, so now you've had your call, you have all the information that you need. Um, what's next? We're going to either write the job description from scratch or edit a job description that you had again, how can we how can we use um, AI to help us throughout that process? And again, it's just simple little things like if you put in your job description and you can ask um, chat GPT to um, make it a little bit shorter, make it more appealing to a candidate, make it sound a little bit more fun. Um, I always, again, kind of caution though, of course, when you do that, you always want to go back and make sure it still matches your brand, your personal brand, your company brand, and it's still reflecting the role. But just little tips like that to create a better job description. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as, again, marketing the role, um, once you have the job description ready, you can ask things like, if I'm looking for a facility manager, where can I find this audience? And they can give you some ideas like, oh, you could post it to Um, You could post it in a gym or you could post it on a certain site or you could post it in different locations that you might not think about. And then you can develop a better marketing plan around where to market your role. Um, I think, again, at every single step of the process, there's just little things that you can do that would save you a ton of time. Uh, We use it a lot with sourcing as well. So, again, you know, writing those outreach messages. And I think this is a really good example of what we were talking about before about how you can use it to... Um, save you time, but still humanize the process where, you know, you can use it to fill in some things like, um, so that you don't have to write every single time. Um, It's nice to see that you work at X company, it can help you kind of fill in some of those gaps. But you also, again, always want to take it back and add your own human touch in there to make it feel more personalized. for Um, But yeah, so we really, we broke down every single step of the recruitment process from when you get the role, um, to posting the role, to marketing the role, to sourcing on the role, to um, extending the offer to all of that throughout the entire recruitment process. And we just gave tips around how you can use it to, again, save you time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's really fascinating, Amanda, and 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 really useful. I think, you know, what you've done in your team for for many others to consider as well. I really like the way of building out your own videos and breaking down the process and doing it yourself and actually really thinking, first of all, how, what does our process look like how can we use ai and start experimenting with it before we start inviting you know big tech players to come in with you know super duper solutions that that are going to change our lives um a couple of thoughts that sort of sprung to mind on that that i think you know people would be interested in first of all i mean i assume you did say chat gpt so did, did have you have you sort of put your flag to the chat GPT mask rather than using any others just because that's what everyone's talking about or, or was it actually a conscious decision to use chat GPT?
1: So I think a little bit of both. I think number one, right, it's available and at least within JLL. So you mentioned earlier in call that JLL has invested in some AI tools. So one of those tools is we have JLL GPT, which is essentially JLL's own version of, of chat GPT. Um, So for us, logically, it made a lot of sense, right? This tool is there. It's available. It's a free resource. Everyone can use it. Um, So for us, it really made sense to go that route, um, which is why I guess most of our training was focused on that part.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, And I think that makes sense. You know, if it's free, it's easy. It's open source. You know, that's what you're, you're trying to encourage people, which was you were very clear about. That's why you're introducing um, the video series it's out there we need to get familiar with it uh, rather than making it too complicated for people and I really like the way that you were saying look you know here, here's here's some examples of how you can use it so you you had this small global team of like five people you really thought carefully about where it can be used you created the the video series and then then was it sort of left people to to really start experimenting and starting to use it? You know, how how did that go after you created the, the video series? Did you get some people that just loved it and other people who just thought, oh, no, this is too scary for me?
1: Yeah, we did have a little bit of both, but we definitely wanted to make sure, you know, we communicated it. So we have. Um, once a month, we have a global all recruiter call, which basically recruiters from around the world will join this call, they hear updates. So we did a little teaser of the videos, you know, and said, this will be coming out. And, you know, we, we over the next couple of calls, we would just kind of tease it so that everyone got excited about it. Uh, when it finally came out, um, I think people were really excited. They watched the videos. I did have, like you said, I had some people come up to me and say, Wow, this has really changed my life with job descriptions. My job descriptions are so much better after using it. I followed your video. Um, we had other people who I think not so much were as afraid of it anymore, but were more curious. Like, can you screen share with me and just show me how you did this? Or, um, you know, this is the prompt that I used within ChatGPT or JLLGPT. And I got this answer, which is not really what I saw when you did it. Can you help me edit the prompt that I'm you know, putting in there so that it's better? So I think it really helped us cross that line of at least starting to get the team excited about it. Um, now, I don't think, again, all of us are super users and we're in it every single day and doing everything in there. But I do think it really helped us get somewhat closer to being less afraid of it and starting to embrace it.
0: Great. Uh, I think that's really interesting that, that you're just saying to people, look, here's a little bit of explanation. Go and use it. Um, if you're not quite sure, then you know, come back and, and ask us. I just, would like just to ask a couple of questions about the prompts, because I think that's really interesting. And, and, and a lot of people are slightly concerned about, OK, well, how do I write a, a prompt? Um, what does a good prompt look like? Uh, how do I know? And this this is, I, I know, one of the big questions that comes back. How do I know that chat GPT or and we'll come into a second as to what JLL GPT is and how that's different uh, from that? But how do I know that it hasn't introduced some sort of bias in there and that um, maybe my job description now um, has ended up being very much from a Western US male-centric job description, because I've used the word engineer, for example, um, as opposed to, you know, what you're trying to achieve, which is, you know, to open up a, a diverse pool. So are you able to share any kind of lessons and learnings you've got from how you started experimenting, I suppose, with some of those prompts and dealing with some of those worries that people have?
1: I think the biggest thing that, that I learned, and I know it, it feels obvious, but <laughs> the more that you start to do it, the more obvious it becomes, is what you put in is what you are going to get out, right? So exactly like you said, you know, ChatGPT or JOLGPT is not going to detect bias. So if you use a, a, a masculine word like an engineer, um, you are going to, you, you will potentially get a more masculine version of that job description or something like that. Um, Where if you say something like, can you create an inclusive um, and concise version of this job description, you might get something a little bit better. Um, And you could even ask it that as well. How can I write this so that it's more inclusive um, for for all genders? Or how can I write this so that it's more inclusive for um, a global opportunity? So I, I really think it is you do have to be really cautious of the way that you word things and what you put in is what you are going to get out. So be really cautious of that. And I think, again, that's another human element that we can always add, right? So that's something that that we can think about as humans. How can I make the response of this more human? Mm. So I think that's something you have to keep in mind.
0: Nice. I love that. And and I think, you know, what you've shared is for people to to really think about Gen AI as if it was an assistant, as if it mm-hmm. was somebody that you would be asking for help rather than we're so used to, uh, entering something in it coming out and 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 almost that being like a calculator you know we we punch a bunch of bu- uh, buttons out comes the answer and we don't normally think about interrogating that answer and perhaps saying well actually how could you make this shorter how could you make this more inclusive and and I think that's clearly what you're sharing from this is you've got to really think about it or, almost in a human way that it is an assistant, and and can how can it as- assist you be to be more human uh, rather than than more you know robot uh, driven
1: exactly. And it's it's funny. I've actually seen um I've seen some like, memes or people are talking about it on social media. That's like you know. I've begun to think of it so much like an assistant that I'm saying, thank you. and oh, I'm so sorry okay. for my typo. And I've yes. got myself doing something like that before where I'll say, you know, can you please tell me how you would reword this? Thank you so much. And it's it's funny because I really do. I think about it as my my little assistant.
0: <laughs> I think that's brilliant. And and actually people shouldn't be, you know, worried about that. And and actually what what I I've heard a few things, seen a few articles on this, is that you get... Uh, a better, more human response from it by being more human, by saying please, by saying thank you. That the the designers of of I think particularly in in OpenAI have used that as a way of being, oh, okay, this person is clearly more friendly. And so we're looking for something that's more friendly um, in its in its approach there. And, and that's, you know, that's great. And I think that's, you know, it's not normally people's interaction. With a machine, as it were, um, uh, and and the more that you get your mind around that, it clearly the the better the results that you get. Um, it'd be useful just to share a bit. You, you mentioned JLL GPT. H- how does that differ from from the normal? Have you somehow created your own guardrails or your own? special little setup of it?
1: So JLL GPT is really, um, it's a partnership that we have with chat GPT where it's its very similar. It looks alike, but with some JLL branding in there. Um, now, the biggest difference is that it is smarter about JLL than chat GPT is. So developers at JLL have fed it um, internal information about JLL. So if I were to go on to chat GPT, let's say again, we'll go back to my example of preparing for an intake and I'm looking for um, a commercial real estate broker. I could ask ChatGPT that, and it won't have as much information as if I asked JLL GPT the same question because it has the internal knowledge of, you know, someone at JLL, and they're constantly feeding it more information so that it is, you know, getting smarter. Um, which again, for internals, it's it's been extremely helpful. It's really been um, game changing and helping us understand JLL better. Um, so that's that's really the main difference
0: there. Oh, I love that. And I think it's really interesting that probably a lot of people haven't considered, I mean, it's the advantage when you're the size of JLL, the scale that you are, that you you can leverage that. But it it does show you the value of um, using Genetify can be further increased if you, you start to train the data on things that are specific to your organisation. There's various ways you can do it. The ultimate way is to do what you've done through, through a partnership. But um, it's interesting, that point about how you 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 make it a bit more specific and, and uh, use as background, I suppose, information that is particular to, to your organisation. Great. So I think, OK, that's really sort of useful in thinking about how people can start experimenting with this. One of the things that um, it lends itself now, a lot of people are talking about with the... Uh, rapid acceleration of generative AI is that we're going to create a lot more new roles that we haven't previously had before and where there will be little experience in the marketplace. And it's a term that people use called skills-based Hiring, starting to think. Okay, well, if there isn't much uh, skill set already, there's hard skill set around this. Then, how do we how do we recruit uh, for those roles and make it a bit broader? Have are you starting to see skills based hiring coming into play now as 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 part of this thinking about okay, how do we hire differently? So there's an element of yes, we can use this to just make our lives a little bit less repetitive but there's also a broader uh impact around this too that we're and i imagine is gonna be creating all sorts of tech roles that you haven't previously had and so are you are you thinking a bit about skills-based hiring and 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 how that might uh, come into play in a in a different
1: recruitment process as well yeah so we have been um focused on skills-based hiring for a bit and I do think with generative, generative AI, it will hopefully become easier and easier to do this, right? Um, I think, as you said, you know, with this new technology, there's going to be roles that we've never had before. There's also, um, for us specifically, JLL focuses on commercial real estate services, and a, a portion of that is facility management. One of the biggest things that we've seen is, you know, with hiring for skilled trades talent, there's just not as many people that are going to school for that anymore. Um, so you have, you know... workforce that has the knowledge that's needed, a lot of them are retiring, and then you don't have a lot of new people coming in with that knowledge. So for us, you know, we have been focused on skills-based hiring for a while, Um, again, just to think about, you know, being more inclusive of these roles, but also a huge issue for us is is trying to find that skilled trades talent. Um, With generative AI, I do think that it can help. So um, one example, and I have this, this is in our video series is today you can currently use, we used, um, GPT to help us, you know, assess a candidate. So for example, and I don't think it was a hundred percent there, just me being totally honest. But for example, one thing that I did, I uploaded a job description that we had for a facility manager, and then I asked it to assess me for the role based on my LinkedIn profile. Mm. Um, now Again, I don't think it was 100% there because it said that I was a good fit, but which I don't think I'm qualified for that role. But on the other hand, it actually used a completely skills-based approach. So what it it came back and said, Was, you know, well, based on Amanda's been in a leadership role. So she does have, you know, leadership experience. She knows how to motivate a team. She knows how to collaborate with others. Um, She could use, you know, these different skills. She's used to working in a fast paced environment because of her recruitment experience. So it was assessing some of the skills that I had listed on my LinkedIn profile, and it was using those to highlight how I could be a fit for a facility manager role. And then it said, but in order to fully determine this, you may want to ask Amanda some questions like this. And it actually populated interview questions that you can ask me to further assess me for the role. Um, so I thought that that was really, really interesting. Again, when we think about the future, you know, how could we incorporate more of that to look at talent that we have today and, you know, what skills do they have that could transfer into something that we don't have enough of a population with that skill set? Um, we've also thought a lot about this with internally. Um, internally at JLL, we've been really focused on creating um, A way for internal talent to flag that they're open to new opportunities so that we can match them for internal jobs. Um, You know, I think again, we're still working on it and we're still getting there. But in the future, if there was some AI powered way to have it focus completely on the skills of that individual, so you know, again, Not whether they've been a facility manager or not before, but if they could assess the internal skills and say, you know, based on these skills, they could be a fit for this. Can we open up the pool and and consider them? Again, it's going to create more job opportunities internally, um, you know, help us out with retention. And ultimately save us money from having to hire externally every single time a role becomes available. So um, I'm excited about it. And I do think that, you know, in the future, we will see a much bigger focus on that, especially as generative AI makes it. lot easier for us to assess skills. I'm very
0: excited by that too Uh, and I think it's really interesting what you're sharing. One of my particular uh, bugbears is the resume and I've you know had a a campaign here in the UK for a while to what we call scrap the CV but scrap the resume for, for exactly the reasons that you articulated there and one of the things that I think have held us back in being able to get hiring managers on board of this, because very rarely do I come across um, a TA team who say, yes, we think the resume gives us by far the best information we can have on a candidate, it's totally reliable, and you know we know that this is a document that is essential for us making great hires. They all sort of say the reverse is true. So the one thing that holds us back, though, is that hiring managers just go, "How how am I going to create a different job advert that is skills first, soft skills first? How am I then going to interview for this?" And then everybody goes into you know a state of uh, panic around there, saying, "Oh, we've got to create a big taxonomy." Actually, there could be a simpler solution, which is what you've just described, which is. Well, go and put the job description in there. go and ask chat g p t in your case j l l g p t to say well how how could I assess some very different candidates for this that don't necessarily have specific hard skills, but talk about you know, they've got good project management able to deal in the fast moving and I like the way you know you used your own LinkedIn profile just to bring out some of those." Key skills that actually could could be just as well for a demanding facilities manager role, where you might might having to be dealing with a lot of things, and you can train somebody up. So, so I think that's incredibly exciting. Uh, are you actually starting to roll that out, and or have you piloted that anywhere? Have you experimented that anywhere, or is it something that you you know is possible and you're just testing out at the moment?
1: I think. A little bit of both. We're experimenting with it a little bit, I think, from a recruitment perspective or from a sourcing perspective. So um, again, as you know, I manage a team of of talent sourcers. So we experimented with it a little bit when we're sourcing. If we're, you know, maybe like, I don't know if they're 100% a fit for this role. Let's, let's give it a try and see what it says to help us prepare for when we do, you know, we phone screen the candidates. We have a, a little bit of a shorter conversation usually than a recruiter does. We do like a, a qualified, interested, available QIA type of conversation with that candidate. So let's use this to help us, you know, prepare for that QIA conversation so that before I submit this candidate to the recruiter or to the hiring manager, we know that they're a really good fit. So we've been experimenting uh, with it a little bit there. So, you know, some of the individuals on my team that are really excited about this have been trying it out. Um, And then to your second point, again, I think we know it's there and I think we would love to expand it further. Um, I don't know that we're ready for it just yet, but I, I would love to continue to explore it and see, see where we can get to in the future.
0: And you, I, you know, one of the things that I like around this is I always think that it's so important to have a story around this, too, that you can say to, to people, we've experimented with this. And if you if you start going skills based hiring first and you're not looking at the resume, a lot of hiring managers think that the sky is going to fall in. Uh, if you're not using the CV, you know, how will I have an end? And the reality is that you can find some great talent out there. Have you got any particular case where you found somebody from uh, an area that you didn't expect as part of your sourcing on that? Or is, is that something that you are now looking to to move to as the next stage to, to show that actually you can find people from different sectors who are absolutely brilliant that you didn't? Uh, in the past, think uh, you you could access.
1: Yeah, so we definitely are. Um, I think you know we've tried to take a step back again with with some of the different examples. Talent- well, someone actually mentioned a really good example of this earlier, of how you know for individuals that have been in roles, for example, like facility management, we hire a lot of um, like sustainability analyst types of of roles. Um, so we've taken an idea like a facility manager who has that experience, you know, on the ground working in these facilities, they start to understand the different pieces, but maybe they want to go into a role that's more of a nine to five in the office type of role, where something like a sustainability analyst could be a good next step for them. Um, another example again with commercial real estate brokers, I think in the past we've always tried to hire for someone who already has um, their brokerage license, someone who comes from a competitor, someone who has that experience. Now we've expanded that to say, look, if you can sell in other industries, um, number one, we're opening up our pool and then we can bring them in and train them on commercial real estate because they already have those skills to sell the talent. We've also worked really hard within JLL to try to eliminate degree requirements, which was a huge, huge step for us um, you know, at first there was some pushback on it and now I think we've gotten to a really good place where, you know, hiring managers are comfortable that someone doesn't need a degree to do the role if they have the relevant knowledge and experience. So I think we've we've done some work there already and we will continue to do so. And then, um, like I mentioned earlier, I think with generative AI, it will push us in the right direction. And then again, just make this easier for us so that it's it's easier for us to find these skills and help this idea of skills based hiring. It will help it, you know, come to life faster, even faster.
0: Great. Let's hope so, because I think the um, some of the key steps that you've done, and it's interesting about, you know, you were talking about eliminating degree requirement. And you would have thought that with all the information we have now about uh, people who've got great capabilities but may not have gone down the college or university route, Uh, And all being excluded, but being a great pool of of talent and it being quite hard to get people to to move away from that. That's something they've been really comfortable with. Do you are you how far away do you think you are from actually being able to say and and would you even go to this point of saying we we've created this job advert and actually we don't want to know your resume? We actually just want to know, can you demonstrate you have these skills, which is what we're, these soft skills that we're looking for? Is that, do you think you're quite close to that already? Or do you still think that actually there's still a few more steps of learning and understanding before you can get to that?
1: I think we still have some steps to get there. Um, I think we eventually will. Now we've talked about other ways of kind of doing that. of adding things like, you know, knockout questions into the application, like instead of them having a resume that they have to upload, could we do, you know, do you have this particular certification that's absolutely needed to do this job? Do you have all of these? And then in that case, maybe they no longer need to submit a resume because they've already answered all of our questions for us. So number one, it's creating a better candidate experience. They don't have to worry about a resume. It's speeding up the process. And then for the recruiters, it's saving them a lot of time with having to go through a bunch of resumes that, you know, may not be a good fit. I don't think we're there just yet. We've had some conversations about it. I see us heading that way in the future, but I, I think we have a ways to go.
0: Great, and I I, I understand that. And and like all these things, you, you have to do small steps each time to get buy-in and prove it is before, um, you know, making ultimately what will be the big step here, which is to say, you know what? We just we're just interested in what your potential and capability is, rather than necessarily what you've done in in the past. I think some interesting things that you shared around that about. Well, perhaps we can come up with knockout questions. And I suppose what you're you're really saying around this, Amanda, is that that you need to just experiment and be happy. And and, and it'd be great if you can sort of share, I suppose, some some tips that you might have for other TA leaders who are listening into this thinking how how do I start on this it just seems so much stuff that I have to do around this and everybody worries about Oh, what happens if I make a mistake and I adopt something that then is a disaster and then the business is going to come back and say what were you doing it seems as if you've been able to set up a bit more of a let's let's try and learn but let's try and learn in a in a safe way is that have you, have you been given that remit I suppose by your senior team to say it's okay man you you can experiment and if you don't quite get it right that's okay because that's the only way we're going to learn
1: I think you know number one again hiding from it and pretending like it's not there is is not going to help anyone so the best thing that we can do is start to experiment um, for me I always think you know let's start small um like how I mentioned let's think about little parts of the process that we can start to to implement um to streamline everything for us And then in the future, once we see it and it's starting to work, we've done our our experiments, then let's take it bigger. For me, one of my favorite parts about working for JLL is that they are, we do have a culture where, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. We're only going to learn by mistakes. We try to keep this mentality of, you know, we're one team, we're one JLL. If we make the mistake, we'll we'll make it together and we will fix it together. Um, You know, and I think, again, it's about recognizing if I fail at this, I'm going to fail quickly. I will recognize it and we will pivot and, you know, Fix it fast. I think for us, that's really been the biggest thing. But I think, yeah, it's really smart to just start small, test it, um, prove that it's working and then start to, you know, get bigger with it. For me, I think it's it's just a lot easier to always kind of start, start with the small things and then get bigger as you go.
0: Brilliant. Great advice. Thank you. Is there having, you know, it's a sort of obviously very fast evolving. Uh, scenario at the moment there's new stuff that seems to be coming out all the time about generative AI so I suppose I've got a sort of couple of final questions for you around this one is is there anything that concerns you at the moment things that you think actually I'm I'm a bit worried about this area of generative AI and what this might mean for recruiting and secondly where do you where do you get your information on generative ai if you if you've got you know a couple of areas where you 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 would point people to say look this is a great source of information about generative ai and and this this is what i use as my go-to place to keep me up to date with what's going on what might be changing and therefore things that i might have to think about
1: i think it's kind of like what we were um what we were talking about a little bit before around just, you know, what happens if we take the human piece out too much? Um, You know, I've heard um, some people talk about things or or ask questions around, you know, what if we do have an AI assessed a resume and it automatically pushes them to you know meeting with the hiring manager so what if we eliminate these steps in the recruitment process where it's like i do see a lot of perks of that right you're again you're getting the candidate through the process faster you're creating a better candidate experience because they don't have to go through maybe they don't have to go through that middle point of having a recruiter but then you are really taking the recruiter out of the process too much, where you're maybe losing that, that human experience for the candidate for the recruiter for the hiring manager so i think for me, my worry is we just have to be really cautious about keeping the human piece in all of this. Um, as far as for candidate experience, for hiring manager experience, um, to you know reduce bias, right? I think in general, you know, humans are are what we need in order to make this a more human process. Hiring is a human process, so I think that that would be my my only concern for it.
0: Nice, really like that, and I think that's a it's a it's a good uh point saying to people that you you've you've embraced that generative AI is out there can add a lot of value but at the same time you're saying we have to be cautious the 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 caution shouldn't stop you proceeding um but it 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 should also always be a factor that's in your in the back of your your mind so on on that that second question there where do you go then to find out? where the new risks are coming about or some some new element that that might be helpful do you do you have a sort of regular source that you like to to go to
1: i do have to give credit for that a lot of the training that we did um a lot of the ideas in a lot of the ideas around how to use prompts um how can i correctly word my prompt came from a book by jonathan kidder um, so that was extremely helpful i don't know if you know jonathan kidder but um he's fantastic um, I can send over the title of the book right after this, but he's fantastic. He does, uh, yeah, And then um, and the other one, um, I do listen to Recruiting Brain Food a lot. That's another really good one. They're always kind of talking about, um, you know, exactly. I, I think similar to what we've been talking about today, you know, what are potential things to look out for? Um, where are things going? How are companies using this today? What's the future? So that's another big one for me.
0: Brilliant. I uh, concur with you about Recruiting Brain Food. Uh, I've known uh, Hung Lee for a long time on that one, and and I think what he's done in in terms of uh, curating a, a really interesting uh, set of information that 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 captures all sources of of interesting insights that's going on 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 every area of recruitment. So uh, I certainly um, I subscribe to that. Well, look, Amanda, thank you so much. It's been brilliant talking to you. We've, we've covered a lot of really fascinating areas. And I, I think the things that, that I've taken away from this is uh, that you've been very uh, impressive about how we've, we've generative AI is out there. We need to understand it. We need to embrace it. Uh, we we need to I think start training uh, our own internal teams on that, and it's been brilliant how you've you've shared that. So I think that's the first thing: open mind, but also open mind with caution. And and I think I like the other bit that you shared about take small steps on all of this, and it you, you may not get it right first time, um, but a bit like how you were sharing using um, generative AI, which is okay. Well. Ask the question, have I done this right? Have I, if I haven't, then how, how might I do it differently next time round? I also, I I love the way that you've, you've given us some insights on where you get your source uh, of information on, on, you know, what's happening with, with, with Gen AI. But above all, it's about um, keeping, keeping up to date. It's about thinking about it. and and I think, you know, what what you shared with us is, is going to be really useful for lots of other people. Was there anything else in your mind about tips or advice that you'd as you know, sort a of final thought you might give over and above that sort of summary?
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's really just um, everything we, we've talked a bit about, Just again, you know, don't be afraid. It's here. It's here to stay. Um, let's let's embrace it. And let's all, you know help each other and learn from each other we're, we're all kind of in this together navigating this uncertainty with this technology so let's let's take small steps but let's experiment let's not hide and you know, learn from each other
0: wonderful last words amanda thank you very much for joining us uh on this podcast and really appreciate all your time and thoughts thank you
1: yeah thank you so much for your time as well i appreciate it
0: Thanks for listening. If you found the insights in this episode valuable, don't forget to hit the subscribe button to keep up to date with our latest episodes. And if you have a moment, please do rate and review the podcast. Apparently, it helps more people like you find us.